Welcome to Branching Up. We're two college students who wanted to get together and talk about our experiences through life, give advice, and connect with others. Sit back, relax, and be curious. Hey guys. Hey guys. Welcome back to episode three. This is a new episode of Branching Up, and we're so excited. We're actually recording um, in Rosie's car right now. Yeah, we thought this would be the best place for the audio. And yeah, we're trying it out. We actually got a new microphone set up, so we also want to hear your feedback on that. But yeah, we're so excited to have a new episode for you guys. Um, how was your weekend, Rosie? It was good. Um, I actually had a like early Father's Day celebration today. Oh, yay. Because my stepbrother is going to a wedding next week, so we couldn't celebrate last weekend, or mm-hmm. the next weekend. So it was a lot of fun. How was your weekend? It was pretty neutral. It was pretty good. I um, I worked I, on today, and then I actually went to the gym after work, which never happens, usually. <laughs> um, and then... On Saturday, I had the day off for once. I usually work twice. Like, I work both days mm-hmm. on the weekend. But it went pretty good. I I went around to different yard sales and things and bought stuff I shouldn't have. Oh, yeah. Did you buy... I saw your cowboy boots. Oh, my gosh. I found two pairs of cowboy boots, and I am absolutely obsessed with them. One is, like, an off-white pair of cowboy boots, and they're guess. Mm-hmm. I got them for, like, five bucks. If you can find cowboy boots... Like, not from the store. That's, like, the biggest win, I feel like. Well, yeah, and the reason they were... And the other pair was, like, the... I forget the brand, but they were made in Mexico. They were, she showed me the brand, too, and I trusted her. It was this, like, a uh, slightly older, like, Mexican woman. Mm-hmm. And they were, like, $250 boots. Yeah. And I got them for, like, 25 Because they're so expensive. Literally. And they look better, I feel like, when they're broken in, too. Mm-hmm. And that was the, the thing. And the amount of... De- and it's hard to see. Like, uh, in pictures, it doesn't even... Like, they have so much detail, like, mm-hmm. in the leather and the embroidery. Yeah. They're beautiful. And, but both of them, I got them for so cheap because they said they didn't fit them. And I tried them on and I was like, these fit. (laughs) Bet. (laughs) I was like, bet. And I wasn't going to buy them. And then I was like, honestly, I need a brown, because you can like use them as like a brown boot as well, like Mm -hmm. because of the base and have like a cool brown boot or tuck it in like a Mm. traditional cowboy boot. Yeah. So Rosie, have you been also, um, because I, you know, we both read a lot now. Any new books you've been reading recently? Yeah, so I am reading the book that we actually talked about in my podcast, Mm -hmm. so the All Boys Aren't Blue. Oh my god, I'm so glad I got you onto that book. Do you like it so far? Yeah, it's really, really good. And I like the size of, like, the letters. Mm -hmm. It's not too much, I feel like. It's not Mm -hmm. too small. Yeah, that's when, honestly, like, you don't realize how big text size makes a book, because if it's, like, too crammed, it, like, turns me off from reading it. Yeah, exactly. But that book is such a beautiful book, and it talks about the black and queer experience. Um, It's so so well written. And I actually, it's so funny, I, um, when I I went to the library by me, um, and, because there's a couple, they have an interlibrary program Mm -hmm. that I was talking about before, and... He, uh, the author actually wrote a second book. It's like a con- almost like a continuation. Mm-hmm. So I have that like to be on my list of to be read. I forget the oh, the title of it. But nice. so right now I'm reading this book called All the Young Men by Ruth Coker Burks, and I'm already halfway through it. And I literally started it today at work. Really, what's it about? <laughs> it's about um, it's a memoir basically about this woman during the late 1980s in Arkansas or Arkansas, excuse me, however, <laughs> however you want to pronounce it. 
And it's a... Because you don't realize Arkansas is the South. Mm-hmm. And so it talks... So when I found the book, it was on, like, a pamphlet of all these queer books. So... But I started reading it today, like... And I'm already obsessed with it. She basically was... Um, her friend had, like, tongue cancer. So oh. she just happened to be in the hospital. And they happened to have a patient in the hospital who was... Who had AIDS. And this was, like I said, during the late 1980s. So mm-hmm. this, this is when all the huge stigmas, especially in the South. Yeah. And she actually was the only, his, and they left food trays outside his door. And she noticed this and was like, this is terrible, like how you're treating them. And, you know, back then there was such a big fear. It was almost very like COVID. I actually talked to my mom about this. Yeah. And she was saying there was such a big stigma because virtually anyone could get it. And, you know, I mean, I don't want to spoil too much of it, but she talks that and basically got her involved in work. And she actually, her family has a family cemetery plot. Mm-hmm. And so it was really interesting because she actually, um, at one point, these men would die and their families wouldn't want them. So she would actually bury them on their families, on her family cemetery. Mm-hmm. So it was a very brutal, very interesting book so far. But I'm already halfway through it. And her work and her exploration of like queer culture is really like defining and Mm -hmm. i really i'm i mean i'm excited to finish it but she's such a uh like i thought it was just super inspirational and speaking of that speaking Mm -hmm. of things that inspire us we're gonna talk about today i decided that um the topic for today is gonna be people that inspire us in both like our lifestyle whether it be like fashion wise or like you know people we kind of career wise you know any any person really that we draw huge inspirations from that define us as people. Okay, so for me, the first person that came to mind was Ava DuVernay. I'm a, how are you, you know who Ava DuVernay is, do you? No, the name sounds familiar. Okay, yeah, so I'm a film major and she's a black film uh, maker um, oh. and director. She directed a couple things. She directed. Um, when they see us, I don't know if you've seen that on Netflix. Thirteenth um, documentary. Okay. She does a lot of um, like based on true stories, like recreating, retelling people's oh, stories awesome. and stuff like that. She has a couple shows on. Um, uh, I don't know. I think it's BET. Maybe I'm not sure, but mm-hmm. she does a lot of um, different like films and stuff. But I just like look up to her the most. I think because first of all, she's a black woman, mm-hmm. and she obviously had to defy a lot of odds, but also just, like, she's so creative, and I feel like she can bring stories to life really well and mm-hmm. tell other people's stories really well, and especially since, like, a lot of them are on sensitive topics. Like, When They mm-hmm. See Us is about the Central Park Five. Oh, wait, um, I may have heard about this, because I've heard about the Central Park Five. Yeah, and her other documentary, 13th, is about, like, the 13th Amendment and, like, um, involuntary uh, slavery, basically, hmm. and ser- servitude and, like... That how the prison system is kind of, like, screwed up and everything. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just feel like I really appreciate filmmakers that mm-hmm. use their platform to talk about important things. Mm-hmm. Um, not well, that, like, other filmmakers don't, but, like, I yeah. just feel like she talks yeah. about things that people don't talk about usually. Yeah, I think, I mean, with film, you know, it's a piece of media that you're putting. It's a representation of yourself. And not, I mean, more. some people do it, like, artistically or for, like, whatever it may be. But especially when it comes to documentaries and things like that putting you know putting your voice out there is especially super hard and i can't even imagine what she had to go through as a a black woman in the film industry 
mm-hmm. especially as that's dominated so heavily by men and especially talking about these sensitive issues that were glossed over and ignored for so long. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it also, I feel like I see as you, as soon as you described her, it literally is like you because you, you're very impactful when it comes to like social justice Aww, and stuff like that. Like you're very like in tune with that type of stuff. Yeah. You know, as soon as I heard like who you were talking about, I could totally see this as like a reflection of yourself mm-hmm. because of how like adept you are in social justice issues and things like that. And it combines your industry and your major so well. So, I mean, one of my, um, the inspiration that I look up to, there's a genetic genealogist, I forget his name, their name, I'm not sure what, um, how their pronouns are, mm-hmm. but they, um, they started their own genetic genealogy business and, they it's for the like a huge part of the research that I want to do and get into in my career and they form the transdo task force so and the fact that they're combining queer queerness and like that type of activism with genetic genealogy and making it so progressive so their name is Anthony Redgrave and they're a trans man themselves and it's to me like you know combining what I want to research, which is basically I mean my research is based my honors thesis is based in forensic anthropology, and the better inclusion of trans people, and so when I when I I actually am using a lot of their work and their projects as like a huge inspiration, and I found about them through like another podcast, mm-hmm. which was really funny, and then it kind of led to why I want to get into my field in the first place. So I think like. Career-wise, um, they're one of the biggest people that I've seen because of the amount of work that they've done, and they also do just are such a strong genetic genealogist mm-hmm. because there's so many limited, and the fact that they're not only you know a person that's queer, but also is so well defined in the field is why I find them so inspirational. Is this like one of the people that, um, like? Are they one of the only people that focus on this type of genealogy in the field? Um, I mean, there's uh, their name gets tossed around a lot. I believe they also uh, they because they were on an episode of the Fall Line, which is one of my favorite podcasts, like true crime wise. Mm-hmm. And I believe they were one of the individuals who was responsible for identifying some of the oldest known remains from like the 30s mm-hmm. through genetic genealogy. So they have a lot of experience in the field, and that's why I. I'm like it's but are they like the first ones to do like queer um, yeah research yeah or queer they actually set up a database called lamp and it's specifically for queer people and law enforcement because a lot of the times queer people get um that are or people that are closeted have a risk of being outed or misgendered in these mainstream databases Mm -hmm. so they and I don't I've never seen the database because it's only for like confidential people but from what i remember from when they talked about it it's about like specifically towards queer people and that's what i find is you know really limited especially in this field where you know a lot of the times family trees and genetic genealogy is solely based on a very like a heteronormative angle Mm -hmm. and that's why it's so special to me that they're one of the first people that really has a heavy focus on you know giving queer people a voice mm-hmm. through genetic genealogy. Because what I found out when I um I applied to an apprenticeship recently, we were talking about this on the way over here, they uh, 
it actually, I found out that there's no, like, formal certif- certification for the field. Really? So, you know, it's these type of people I have to really look up to and pay attention to and what they're putting out there in the world because of how big their work is, especially as some of the people that are defining it and, you know, being the representation for queer people and queer victims. So both of us are very into music, as mm-hmm. I feel like we've probably mentioned before. Mm-hmm. So do you want to start? Yeah, so I have a couple of really influential artists. I am a huge Billie Eilish stan. Like, oh, I love right. Billie Eilish. And I know that people are going to think that that's, like, either basic or just, mm-hmm. like, I don't know, like, weird. Because a lot of people, I don't know. I think she has a huge, like, obviously No, no she's fan talented. Base. But a lot of people also, like, really aren't into it. I think mm-hmm. she definitely has, like, a certain style. So, like, mm-hmm. if you're not into it, then you're not into it. But I really enjoy the lyrics. Like, you have to listen to the lyrics of mm-hmm. her songs. Like, they have just gotten me through, like, really, really difficult times. Mm-hmm. And one of my favorite songs is um, I Love You on her, like, When We All Fall Asleep, Where Do oh, We Go? Oh, that's such a pretty song. Oh, my gosh. It's so good. I listen to that, like, like clockwork every, mm-hmm. like month because is, is it one of your song like rotation songs yeah definitely definitely like if i'm sad she's the first person that i go mm-hmm. and i'm like it'll make me feel better and it's like she just become like my comfort person and my mm-hmm. comfort artist i also really look up to taylor swift mm-hmm. i just have you seen her documentary on netflix she has a documentary yes it's called miss americana it's so oh, good. i'm gonna have to watch this now i wasn't a huge fan I mean, I wasn't, like, not a fan of her when, mm-hmm. uh, like, when I was younger. I just, mm-hmm. like, didn't listen to her music really uh-huh. that much whatsoever. And it was just, like, only if it's on the radio, mm-hmm. I'll listen to it. But you really learn about, like, her entire life and mm-hmm. how she kind of went and became, like, the most hated, like, artist for really no reason. Yeah. Just because of, like, how popular she was and how unproblematic she uh-huh. was. Everyone was just like, that doesn't mm-hmm. make sense. But she's really just an awesome person. Mm-hmm. And she's become, like, really empowering. She was, like, mm-hmm. one of the first... Not the first artist, but, like, of her era, she was mm-hmm. one of the biggest artists to, like, publicly put their political opinion out there. With, mm-hmm. Even though there was, like, fear that... She would get backlash. Yeah, and that, like, people would completely hate mm-hmm. her for it. And, I mean, people did, but... Mm-hmm. I mean, what I... So, I was going to say, like, Billy. I'll start with Billie Eilish. I'm a fan of both uh, Taylor Swift and Billie. I think, also, we kind of grew up with Billie, like... She kind of, she was, when we were younger, I remember it was really interesting because I was introduced to her music. Uh, She had like, almost like sounded like a combination between like Halsey and like Melanie Martinez. Mm -hmm. So like very like kind of alt, alternative um, in terms of like her voice. Mm -hmm. And then she just, I remember one day waking up and she just blew up overnight. I remember that. I saw, like, her videos on YouTube mm-hmm. when she wasn't, like, blown up. Mm-hmm. But I think they really, really did promote her because mm-hmm. she was, like, I had never heard of her, but there were all these videos mm-hmm. of her, and then all of a sudden she's just, like, the biggest thing. And honestly, she, you know, I think she's really redefined herself as an artist, and I really like... I mean, listen, I don't, you know, listen to her stuff on a regular basis, but, like, I think her newest album is one of the best 
mm-hmm. of her work. I feel like you can see like her maturity grow throughout her work. Mm-hmm. And it's really like a beautiful experience because she also she, you know, she's now involved a lot with fashion and things like that. And mm-hmm. she's absolutely amazing. And I really uh, like her because she like mm-hmm. um, I feel like out of a bunch of other artists, she definitely shares a lot about herself with mm-hmm. other people. But I want to know because I know your favorite artist is probably Harry Styles, right? Yeah. But I what do you think about him? I know that he's a little bit more. Like, yeah. reserve. So what about him, like, really? Yeah. Well, I was going to say him? more about Taylor Swift, and then okay. I'll go I'll go into Harry, because Harry deserves... Um, he's going to... I'm going to be talking about him for a while, so <laughs> stay tuned for that. But also, with, you know what I love about Taylor Swift is how she was stuck in this box and then said, I'm going to redefine it. Mm-hmm. And, I, and you know what's really crazy is one thing we forget about with the music industry <laughs> is that it's an industry. So a lot of these times they're interacting with their record labels and, you know, they're stuck in these boxes. Like Kesha mm-hmm. is one of the like prime examples yeah. where they're stuck in these, you know, really harsh record deals and then they get a chance to redefine themselves. And I like I, I was very had a similar thing with Taylor Swift where I only fell in love with her stuff up until I would say within the past couple of years. Yeah. But uh, she oh re-released Red too. Like, oh my god, that was just the amount of content she produced. I think some of my favorite songs, um, the Last American Dynasty off of oh my gosh, I forget. I should I should have known this album. I literally know the cover. It's that black and white cover. Is it uh, all what you, Reputation? No, 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 not Reputation. That the, one's black the, and white too. Though. The newest one, like one of the newer ones, Evermore. There's like, because okay. there's like a couple that she released. Yeah. But all of those newer albums are just, I, I don't know. Like same with Harry. I love when m- music artists are able to make a story. Yeah. In a three-minute song. Mm-hmm. She did that one song. She can do that so well. Like, it's just like nobody, crazy. no crime. Like what? I want to low-key know the backstory behind that. Like, why was she, like, but the way she, you know, performed that, like, and also I love how she was an artist that was not afraid to do live versions of everything. Not live, but those, like, acoustic versions Mm -hmm. or the long pond studio sessions. Those are, like, It's because she can sing so well. Oh, she's so talented. And the songs that she, like, just came Mm -hmm. out of her vault. How mm-hmm. were those not chosen on the album the first time? It's just like, oh, those yeah. were her, like, her bad songs. Mm-hmm. And those are so good. And that was the thing, too. Like, you realize, like, so much artists have so much in store that we didn't even know about mm-hmm. up until now. And that's why I really fell in love with her recently because how she's like, I'm going to grow into my own person. She really, she put in that work over the pandemic. Yeah. And, um, but what I, so now I think we're going to get into my, my inspiring artist and that's the man, the myth, the legend, <laughs> Harold Styles. Um, I literally. What's his middle name? Do you know his middle name? Should I know? Not his... a true stand, then. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not a true stand if you don't know his middle name. Oh gosh, I am. Um, is it wait? Pain? No, fuck. <laughs> I don't know. I actually don't know Billy's either. So it's. <laughs> <laughs> but I am. Um, I get. I felt. I was. Um. I mean, I was always surrounded in middle school by girls that listened to One Direction. Mm-hmm. So he wasn't an unfamiliar guy to me. But I really got into his music when Fine Line was released. I actually remember the day, the night it was released. I was staying up studying with some friends in the library, and we like streamed his music. And the second I heard Fine Line, like overall, I was. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh! And that's when I really became like absolutely obsessed with him 
all my friends won't know this. The past, like, I the past two years, I've probably not shut up about him. Mm. <laughs> and, I mean, I literally dressed up as him for Halloween. And I actually, I, the amount of people, like, friends I've made by showing them this album cover I recreated. <laughs> and then, um, but I also saw him live in concert back at Madison Square Garden. And he was an absolute joy of a live performer. But also, I think as a person and as a someone, his fashion sense, too, is where I draw a lot of inspiration. He plays a lot into nature and neutral tones and vintage fashion, but also plays into a feminine side that I feel like a lot of the men that we see, male artists especially, are kind of afraid to get into. Mm-hmm, definitely. I have a question for you. Sure. So do you think that Harry Styles has grown into his voice, or do you think Simon made a terrible choice in putting him in a boy band? Because oh. it's crazy to think about how he mm-hmm. could have turned out if he was doing what, like, everything mm-hmm. solo, because it's so different, like, the music mm-hmm. genres. I actually, I mean, I actually think it worked in his favor, because mm-hmm. if you really think about it, though, collectively as a whole, it really allowed them to build an audience, and mm-hmm. then when they branched off, it really showed, like, I th- and he, out of that group, and this is could be a hot take, but I think it I'll be on the right side of this argument, is that Harry was one of the best out of that group in terms of his solo music and the diversity. And I feel like his his name became like a household thing now. Yeah, and definitely. then now he released Harry's house and he has his whole tour and everything. I mean it's a cult. I I I've, <laughs> you know, but I honestly he he's he became such a like special part of my life, a lot of his music and especially with the like fine line songs were happy and also sad. So mm-hmm. like like it was like the highest highs and the lowest lows. Like and he was in he's still I mean, obviously, he still is in every one of my playlists. But like the fine line era especially was one of something really special because it really was, you know, during and that's the one thing with music too, especially when artists release it, is it becomes part of our everyday lives. Like how you said that one song mm-hmm. became an everyday rotation. And his stuff is, like, an everyday rotation to me, especially. Mm-hmm. Do you have any other, like, musical inspirations? Oh, I do. I just just thinking about one more. Mm-hmm. I have a place in my heart for the Lumineers, which oh is so funny because you just went to their concert, which uh, yeah. I'm so bitter about. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That was so... Uh, How was it? Oh, my gosh, Rosie. You would have loved it. Um, it was so spontaneous. Uh, I wasn't even supposed to go, but the tickets... Uh, were like 20 bucks each mm-hmm. and I grabbed two of my other girlfriends and we I picked them up and we went over there it was such a joy and where the venue that it's at is such a small venue that you can basically like it's perfect mm-hmm. and I it, think they play a lot of smaller venues which mm-hmm. I really like like they were in like four parts of mm-hmm. New Jersey mm-hmm. but they were doing like smaller venues which I just love yeah and honestly you know I love artists that sound just like how they are. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, same with, like, especially when they perform live and it sounds like you can tell that they don't throw all this over mixing and it's their genuine. And mm-hmm. it, but the Lumineers have a homey folk quality to them that makes it super special. It makes you feel like whenever I listen to their stuff, you know, it's like having a cup of coffee in the morning mm-hmm. or when you're driving out with your friends, it makes, you know, life sound, it's like a soundtrack 
to life to make oh it more my beautiful. Gosh, it's literally like a soundtrack. That's a great way to describe it. I don't, you know, like flowers in your hair is so pretty. It's just like when you read, and the thing is, like hearing them live, I never really heard the lyrics. And then I, when you look into them, they're pieces of poetry. In all honesty, they're, mm-hmm. you know, one of, and I think, I have to say, there's one of the. It's one of those bands that are really neutral bands. I would say, like I think most people know some of their popular stuff but yeah. most people if you played their stuff at a party wouldn't be like turn that off yeah like it would like if you're having like a little casual like dinner or yeah. like an outside moment people would like it it's mm-hmm. they're one of those artists that really you know they're unproblematic but they're also just it's so like homey feeling they're so down to earth and yeah. uh they're new because their newest album came out recently and mm, bright side oh so good here, and they did like a mix of all their older and newer stuff and the fan like i love also when fans are so interactive like they're yeah. not just like standing there yeah like and it, it was so weird though it was i was surrounded by all these like high schoolers and i felt so out of place like <laughs> and i'm like i'm already like had the personality of like a 90 year old man to begin with. <laughs> so i'm like surrounded by these like kids and i'm like hello why are you drinking what yeah. are you doing <laughs> But they were all, like, so interactive and knew all the lyrics, and it was just so beautiful to hear. I love to listen to them when I'm on, like, long drives, because I just, like, I feel like I'm in a movie, and I Mm -hmm. feel like I'm passing through different towns and different walks of Mm -hmm. life, and it's just, like, it's a song for every emotion. Literally. And it's so pretty. Like, and I feel like their music is just good background, like, a good backdrop to really just having, like, a great time and kind of just enjoying, you know, Mm -hmm. the small parts of life that you kind of forget about sometimes they're definitely a biggest like a big name but also Mm -hmm. like i feel like they have a long way to go yeah i feel like but i'm excited to see where their music is gonna grow Mm -hmm. they need more recognition Mm -hmm. who else i mean trying to think maybe i mean i would say the beatles but more importantly like fleetwood mac Mm -hmm. i think i mean you know, I read a lot into their story. And also, I mean, the Beatles, too. I had, like, a whole college class about them. And when you learn certain details that what goes into music, it really is, like, really crazy how interpersonal the music can be. Like, yeah. So Dreams by Fleetwood Mac is probably one of my favorite songs, if not my favorite song, that, like, that exists. Mm-hmm. And when you read into it, like, Stevie Nicks wrote it, like, and they were in the midst of, like, a breakup. Like, it was a breakup. It's, it's Rumors is a breakup album, <laughs> which is really funny to think about, but now it has, like, a household name. But also the Beatles, you know, they their later stuff is more my favorite. But they were going through, like, drugs and all this crazy stuff, like, post-Beatlemania. And mm. it was just, you know, when you realize... I think when you take celebrities and you put or music artists especially and put them down as more people mm-hmm. it's really like it really is kind of crazy so what do you mean like when you put them down as people like when, when you when just, you, re- when you realize that like these they're just normal people they're just normal people yeah mm-hmm. i also think like maybe more like as a as a speaking of like as a person like david bowie or like mick jagger or, or uh, Freddie Mercury. It's all those artists that at the time just kind of stood out and just did what they kind of wanted. Mm-hmm. But they and their bodies of work are absolutely amazing. But they were just so happy to be themselves, especially as like queer people. Mm-hmm. Well, not Mick Jagger. Mick Jagger was just like a whore. <laughs> and <laughs> I don't know, don't know much about them, but he, uh, my dad listens to the Beatles a lot, and we have mm-hmm. like a 
Well, yeah. Well, Mick Jagger is uh, the Rolling Stones, but mm. I know I talked about a lot of different like classic rock bands, but I feel like especially for their time, you don't realize how kind of rock because rock and roll, like even Elvis. I mean, just to start off with, like, you know, there's a new Elvis I was movie. Say his movies. There's that new movie coming out, and you know, rock and roll was so radical and de- defining, and I think that's something. When when you listen to like certain music, especially when I listen to music that's like older, like jazz and or like classic rock, it really is crazy to think about that. Like this was the music of the time, and hearing this, like if hearing it now is crazy, mm-hmm. then hearing it back then was crazy. Oh my gosh, this conversation reminded me about how that song from Stranger Things season four, "Running mm-hmm. Up That Hill" by Kate Bush, oh. is just like coming back. Do you like that song? I love that song, and I was. I played it for my mom in the car. I was like, do you know this song? And she's like, oh my gosh, I know this song. Like, I love this song. Mm-hmm. It's crazy how music comes around. Yeah. I actually, honestly, it's really crazy that, you know, how, like, but you don't realize, like, Stranger Things, like, must have such a big audience because if this song is trending on the charts, mm-hmm. and I think, honestly, that song, when I heard it, I was like, oh, I'm adding this to my Spotify playlist. Mm-hmm. Hello. And then the reason, like, when I, I saw articles popping up on my Facebook feed that, because it's not just us, it's, like, kids younger who love the show yeah. are being introduced to someone from the 80s. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, do you, when you, I have a question for you. When you listen to albums, do you listen to them as a whole or do you, like, choose song by song? It depends. If I'm, like, doing something that takes a lot of time, I'll listen mm-hmm. to the whole album. But for the most part, I skip around. Mm-hmm. I, I have to, like, I listened to that album straight through just to hear, because I was like, if this song is like this. But, like, you know, Kate Bush, I think, is getting the recognition that she deserves, especially, because, you know, I feel like some people, not obscure, like, she wasn't obscure by any means, but I think she wasn't as relevant today. Like, most people, if you said Kate... Definitely now. I don't know how popular she was then. I mean, but... I mean, the 80s, I believe, she was very popular. Probably, yeah. But... I, you know, you well, t- she's out of remission. Like, she's not an artist anymore. Oh, really? Yeah. Didn't so she's that. like, surpri- like she's happy that like her music is mm-hmm. people are listening to it now. But like, she's not a singer anymore. Hmm. So, one I have to say, one of the people that I get it, not just personal inspiration from, but one people, one uh, person I found in particular was super duper inspirational to me, was Ruth Bader Ginsburg, and I actually read her biography after she passed back what was is it been two years already uh, i think it has been there was it has also... to have been because like um amy coney barrett came in oh yeah of her. yeah that makes sense i also because i so i read i what i forget what it, it's oh my own words by ruth bitter ginsburg and it was a little dry i have to say because it was a lot of supreme court stuff yeah, educational but i um was so like reading through what she had to do to fight for I mean you have to realize this is a woman on the Supreme Court of the United States and to do that must have taken so much like out of her I mean so there's a movie there's a biopic about her whole experience and I I remember at the end of the movie I just straight up cried because it did a transition to her when she was older like Mm -hmm. in real life to the actress that played her it was such a beautiful film because it showed... She actually... I believe she taught at Rutgers. She was like a professor. Did she? Yeah, she was like a like a law professor or something like that. And then she kind of was like getting into like politics and activism. And most people were denying her. Like, mm-hmm. And, you know, the amount of... And I think just what she stood for and how much... Like 
what how much she represented the Supreme Court in terms of like abortion rights and queer rights. I mean, she was one of the people that said yes to the um it's Oberfell v. Hodges, I believe. It's the Oberfeld. I don't know how to pronounce it, but I know you mean to say it's the two thousand fifteen the bill that passed in terms of gay marriage. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, having those type of people in politics and providing that voice is pretty special too. I think you know, and after reading her story and reading that, you know, and again, like, I think when you humanize people and take them off a pedestal and realize, like, how much they actually do, mm-hmm. that's what I find crazy. For me, I just feel like having an idol to look up to makes life easier. Mm-hmm. It makes, like, life more relatable. Mm-hmm. Because when you see these people that are fighting for the same things that you're fighting for, mm-hmm. or just, like, going through the same emotions that you're going mm-hmm. through, it makes... You just feel like less alone. Mm -hmm. And for me, there's something more special about having influences that aren't closely related to me Mm -hmm. because I guess it's something that I can strive to be more like, but also Mm -hmm. just like, I don't need to feel like super close to them physically to feel close to them. Mm -hmm. It's weird how I kind of feel like I have a personal connection to these people that I've never met, but it's still like, Mm -hmm. I think it comfort comforting feeling yeah i mean across the board whether it be music or anything really you know these people become such a you know a a part of our lives that we don't even realize and they have never met us before Mm -hmm. but they're you know where we draw our inspiration from for every day you know where we draw our fashion sense where we draw our all of our different perspectives and the fact it's like we we only base it off of some of the stuff we've done and when you brought up that point that we've never met them it's like it's crazy because mm-hmm. you know sometimes you and you know sometimes you only you'll never ever meet them like as close of a level as you would think mm-hmm. but they become as part of like a close friend and so close to our hearts and just as a whole they become part of ourselves mm-hmm. and, i think that's like the beauty of mm-hmm. having like i guess a famous person or like Mm-hmm. A well-known person that yeah. makes it easier to... Relate to. Yeah. It also, I mean, a lot of the times they laid stepping stones or built the platforms that we want to go into in the first place. Or mm-hmm. they're building, you know, a sense of community through, like, their music or through their image. And I think that's also something that I find really amazing, too. Especially for just one person in general. And I know some of these people have, like, teams behind them. But at the end of the day, you know, one person means so much to us Mm -hmm. i definitely think that we've talked about people especially that have like Mm -hmm. you know kind of done things that are different and Mm -hmm. made people feel more comfortable about being themselves which is really at the end of the day all that i think they're trying to do Mm -hmm. yeah you have all these different people in the world that just want to make people not only happy but be the truest representations of themselves and also not i think across the board you know it's a freedom of expression and a freedom of what you want to do no matter who you are and how you identify you know there's you can break down the barriers it's going to take a lot of work especially Mm -hmm. in our careers yeah it's going to take a lot of work to get where we want to but at the end of the day you know looking up to these people and looking to them for inspiration on what they did to get to their platforms and building Mm. upon that i think is what benefits us as a whole yeah it's like when you have a person that's 
so inspirational. It makes you want to be a better person and like mm-hmm. go forth with yourself mm-hmm. in your career. I have to say, Rosie, this I really like this conversation that we just had. Mm-hmm. I like uh, having these reflections about things I didn't even think about before. And mm-hmm. I'm like, wow. I, yeah, I mean, honestly, when we were talking for the topic today, I don't know what made me think of it. I guess because of the book I'm reading, maybe it gave me this sense of like activism and a sense of seeing what people in our lives really kind of make us who we are. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, with our podcast too, when we eventually bring on guests and things like that, and talking with other people and their kind of, you know, stories and things like that, it's kind of important to see, you know, how at the end of the day, how we kind of all can relate to one each other in this one, like, big community. Alrighty, guys. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to listen to us. Remember to stay curious. And we'll see you guys next week. Bye now.